demand equality. We demand justice. The revolution will not be televised. Action speaks louder than words, and we got that action. Let's go. I want my freedom, my justice, my future filled with substance. Want my freedom, my justice, my future filled with substance. Bump you, bump you, bump him and her too. Bump you, bump you, bump him and her too. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the No Justice, No Peace podcast with Racial Justice Now director H.A. Jabbar. And yes, that is me. The No Justice, No Peace podcast is about all things education justice. We would like to thank our sponsor, Racial Justice Now, who is committed to dismantling structural and institutional anti-Black racism in all areas of people activity. The primary focus of Racial Justice Now is on the institution of education and lifting up the voices of disempowered black parents and children. Racial Justice Now is dedicated to stopping the school to prison pipeline and focuses specifically on holding institutions accountable to equitable distribution of resources to the black community. Today is September 3rd, 2019, and we are back in school for the 2019-2020 school year. So we want to send some special love to all of our students and parents that are back to the grind and getting their necessary education. Today's topic is an interview with a giant of an organizer, a brother named G2 Brown. I think of that old song, bad, bad Leroy Brown, the baddest man in the whole damn town. This brother, G2 Brown, is a bad, bad, bad brother. Not bad meaning bad, but bad meaning good. So tune in and listen up as we get into this interview with G2 Brown. G2 Brown from the Journey for Justice Alliance. And the J4J Alliance, or Journey for Justice, is an alliance of grassroots community, youth, and parent-led organizations in over 30 cities and is growing across the country to win community-driven alternatives to the privatization of and dismantling of public school systems. J4J has been organizing in Chicago and all over the country based on an equitable and just education system. J4J envisions a public education system that respects the potential of all children and the rights of parents, youth, and communities to participate in all aspects of planning and decision-making. This brother, G2 Brown, I'm so excited to have on on the uh, podcast today. He's been featured in that great book, Lift Us Up, Don't Push Us Out. And he has an essay there that you can read where he discusses the mass closing of public schools in Chicago and other cities as a racist assault on black and brown communities. So you don't want to miss this as we get into this interview with this great brother, G2 Brown. So tune your ears, listen close, and you might want to take out your pens and pencils. Let's get into the interview with G2 Brown. 
Lock Up for the Journey for Justice Alliance, we are a national network of about 42 grassroots community groups in 25 cities uh, committed to uh, community-driven school improvement. What we realized with the nomination of Betsy DeVos for Education Secretary was that we cannot get caught blindsided like we did when uh, President Obama implemented Race to the Top. And local school districts began to jump in feet first for school privatization. And we were blindsided. And so, so privatization, what does that mean? Yes, sir. So school privatization is when uh, corporations use governments to take control of basic quality of life institutions that are funded through public dollars, but then they, they are led now by private interests. Yes. So basically systems broker the responsibility, let's say schools, they broker the responsibility of educating our children to private operators. So if you pay taxes, no matter where you live, no matter how much money you make, you have an expectation that your government provides you the type of schools that allow your children to stand on your shoulders. But with, through the advent of privatization, you create another level of separation between the public and that institution. So right here in New Orleans, you have at least 46 different school boards with all but four schools now charter schools, right? So there is no single school board you can go to, none of whom you can vote the people on or off. So now these private institutions now have government sanction to run public institutions. And so the voters don't vote these people on? No, sir, they don't. Now, it operates differently in different cities. In Los Angeles, there is an elected school board. Okay. But what they do is then you have people like Eli Broad or you have the former Mayor Bloomberg giving millions of dollars to a school board races. So it's sometimes we win and sometimes we don't. So this is why the We Choose campaign is so important, see, because I come from a black grassroots community organization on the south side of Chicago. Our constituency is working in low-income black families. Our, our folks make from nothing to $37,000 a year. That's our people. Right? There's not a lot of money in Chicago. There's not a lot of money, money anywhere, right? But we understand that while we have a base, we have a little over 1,000 members, while we have, we got people, we can turn up when we need to turn up, that if we are trying to make transformational change, we can't win this by ourselves, right? So the question is then, how do we work with other people? Historically, when we have multiracial coalitions, because, you know, white folks struggle to deal with their own racism, it's hard to have multiracial coalitions because they will always try to minimize the issues of black and brown people. But we have built up the type of credibility that we can form these coalitions and demand that our issues are up front. Mm -hmm. And so through the We Choose campaign, what we did is we reached out to people like the Network for Public Education, uh, Save Our Schools, you know, and several other groups, Dignity in Schools Campaign, Alliance for Education Justice, Institute of Democratic Education in America, uh, Moral Mondays, uh, Women Rising, and several groups around the country that have people and say, look, can we unite around a platform, not an individual issue? Because the same people that are closing our schools are the same people that are energizing the school-to-prison pipeline, are the same people that are profiting off of testing. So instead of us working in our silos, let's have the vision to win. Because I'm not in this to fight the good fight. You understand right. what I'm saying? Right. I ain't in this. They did G2 was a good brother. No, I want to win. So, and so, so, so you're using some big words again. I got to back up because you said uh, the, the school to prison pipeline. Yes, sir. Well, what, what exactly is that? Thank you, brother. So the school to prison pipeline to us, and I want to, if I can, take it a step further. The school to prison pipeline to us 
is that you create a system where schools actually prepare and inspire children to be on a track to be incarcerated mm -hmm. as opposed to being on a track to be successful, to go to college, to have a career, right? To be able to contribute meaningfully to their community. And we know that once our people go to jail and they have a felony, they're pretty much invisible at that point. But I want to take it for your audience a little, a little further. I'm just going to give you a partial list, all okay. right? Uh, Walmart, General Electric, American Express, Caterpillar, Costco, Wendy's, Idaho Potatoes, and I can go on. There's a list of no, no fewer than 70 U.S. companies that invest in prison labor. So the United States has an economic interest in the incarceration of black and brown youth. So, so hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Let me understand. You're saying all of these companies that you're talking about, you said they invest, they, in, what, invest in prison labor? What this means is that they make their products in prisons. When you get a bag of Idaho potatoes, they are harvested, cleaned, and bagged in prisons. And so these people don't get paid? These so-called prisoners? That what they usually get is, you know, 14 cents an hour. Mm. You know, things like that. So, no, it is slavery. It is slavery today. To the women in the audience, if you ever went to Victoria's Secret and got you a nice pair of drawers, they make those in prison, too. So, what I think we're really dealing with, brother, if we if we moving forward, and I believe that we are dealing with the school-to-plantation pipeline, and that there is a level of profit and evil that is moving this. There is no sidelines in this fight. And so with the We Choose campaign, what we're saying is we have to build the local power, the local power to make elected officials terrified to sell us out. Donald Trump might run the White House, and he might run Congress, he might run the Senate, but he don't run our neighborhoods. Right. And so the challenge of us is to build the power locally in as many cities as possible where elected officials know that if they support privatization, it is a fireable offense. And so if we do that locally, then nationally we're unstoppable. Because now, you know, there's nothing to get a busload of 2,000 people coming from Detroit or a busload of 5,000 coming from Chicago or whatever. You know what I mean? Because you have the people mobilized okay, at the local okay. level. See, I think I'm starting to understand because my other question was going to be, why would these corporations, why would these businesses invest? Or oh, you said privatization was that big word mm -hmm. that we had to break down. Why would they uh, invest in school board races? What's the, the point? Mm -hmm. But so you're saying that because they would rather have you in jail mm -hmm. to work for 14 cents an hour mm -hmm. than have you on the street working mm -hmm. for $15 an hour mm -hmm. that it's in their interest. Mm -hmm. it, am I getting it? It's, right? in, it's in their interest. You know, all the, the reputable studies say that by 2030, uh, white people will be a minority in the United States. Hmm. So I'm of the belief that we see a lot of these, um, the mass incarceration of our people, the removal of black people from major urban spaces. Uh, so gentrification? Uh, I, I, brother, I, I don't even know if gentrification is a strong enough word. That's a big word, too. Yeah, I, I think it's genocide, ethnic cleansing. We are being purged. Yes. They, Washington, D.C. is no longer Chocolate City. Right. Right? My, my man called it uh, uh, Mayor with a vanilla swirl. Yeah, macadamia in that city, right? <laughs> um, Detroit is, you know, now is, is almost 50-50. Detroit used to be like almost 70% black. Chicago was 53% black. Now we're 32% of the population. Baltimore, New York, Cleveland, all over the United States, 
We are looking at public policy that is moving us out of these spaces where we can actually have political power. And it's done through privatization of schools. It's done through the elimination of affordable housing. The sabotage of our basic quality of life institutions that most Americans don't even think about because they get it without a struggle. They get grocery stores without a struggle. In many of our neighborhoods, the liquor store is the grocery store. They get good neighborhood schools. Our schools are sabotaged and closed. They get quality housing. They don't, they don't know what a slumlord is, right? We get dilapidated housing and the, and the uh, uh, decrease in the amount of affordable housing. So what happens? If your building goes condo and you have Section 8 and you have that Section 8 certificate, you can no longer go somewhere in Chicago and get that Section 8. Now, who's taking Section 8? The Quad Cities in Iowa. So a lot of black people that used to live on the south side of Chicago, when they closed the housing projects, they live in Iowa. Wow. By the thousands, bro. Wow. By the thousands. And that's happening around the country to a deafening silence. And one other thing I would say is in a part of that, a, a piece to that puzzle, is the attack on black teachers, which is another one of our platforms. So now, across the United States, you have black schools, 300, 400, 500 children, two, three black teachers in the entire building. I hope you're paying attention. We're here with brother G2 Brown yes, from the Journey for Justice Alliance. The We Choose campaign, we're talking about that word genocide. Yes, sir. Tell us about this We Choose campaign. Dig a little deeper. You said a platform. What's the platform of the We Choose campaign? Yes, sir. So we reached out to all these groups and said, what is everybody working on? So the first pillar is a moratorium on school privatization. We want to kill the privatization movement, right? Two, the expansion of 10,000 sustainable community schools across the country. We want sustainable community schools to be the intervention for struggling schools. Third, we want uh, an elimination of zero tolerance policies right now. We want restorative justice, real restorative justice. We want leadership development programs in our school. We want our young people's uh, cultural issues to be lifted front and center, their community issues. Four, we want to stop the attack on black teachers, right? Five, we want to make sure that we stop the over-testing, the over-reliance on standardized tests for our children. We want to eliminate all appointed school boards, state takeovers, and mayoral control. And the last thing, I did forget one, we are conducting an equity assessment of public schools across the country. We just did it in Patterson, New Jersey. We compared the curriculum between the white school and the black school. Because what we must lift to the surface, surface is that this ain't your fault as a parent. Mm -hmm. This ain't my fault. Right. It's not your son and your daughter's fault. It's not my son's fault. Right. It's not about bad parents. It's not about bad teachers. It's not about people in the inner city that don't care. It's about a system that doesn't love us. Mm -hmm. And that since America has never been made to face its own racism, to right. face its own ugly, right. there's never been any change. Now, now that's a powerful word right there. And, and, I, and I think it's... I understand it a little bit. The system. Now, it's not a lot of syllables. Yes, sir. But break down that system yes, that's working against us. Yes, Help us understand that. Yes, sir, my brother. Um, I appreciate the question. So, a uh, great organizer taught me this. He said that the foundation of any nation are the institutions that lay the groundwork for the people's development. Okay, now say it again for me. The so, I, so I can catch it. Yes, sir. The foundation of any nation are the institutions that lay the groundwork for the people's development. Okay. Now, institutions are structures that are put in place to meet a basic need. Mm -hmm. Systems are the organization of those institutions, the decision-making processes uh, that, that actually fuel how those institutions operate. 
the social structures which fuel how people interact with each other, the economic development structures that focus on how resources, I'm using the word traded between person and person, right? The spiritual um, practices in which people connect to their creator, the style, ethos of the people that are actually involved in the culture and how that style is developed, how it expresses itself. And then lastly, the creative motif, how people actually use innovative measures to express themselves. All of those things are part of the system. But the core of that system and what makes that system live or die are the institutions that function in the community. And so give us an example of an institution. Food production and delivery systems is an institution, right? How they're able to feed their families, uh, how food is produced. So that's why, you know, it's interesting that in m many inner cities across the United States, you hard-pressed to go to one of these stores and find a pomegranate, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, or a peach. But you will find uh, flaming hops with cheese, you right. see what I mean? You right. will find it. That's right. So food production and delivery system is an institution. Healthcare is an institution, right? And so healthcare does not just mean hospitals, right? It does include that. It is connected to food production and delivery because the food that we ingest speaks to also the level of health we have. The level of stress we have in our lives speaks yes. to our health, right? Yes. Another institution is housing, mm -hmm. right? So how do your housing institutions function? Uh, of course, another one is education. And then even clothing is an institution, right? How do people clothe themselves? Uh, so when you go in many inner cities, in many hoods around the country, you know, you see these stores that we don't own where they sell clothes and have our, our little sisters that are 12, 13, 14, 15, dressing as if they walk in the street, mm -hmm. right? That they don't give to their own children, mm -hmm. but they'll give to us. Right. We get ridiculously overpriced clothing that make us spend more money on gym shoes than we spend on our, you know, on our monthly phone bill. Mm. And so the way these institutions function shape our lives and the belief system. The system of beliefs, the values that the values that a society has that influences how people um, act are behind these institutions. So the reason why we can talk about Dayton, Chicago, Detroit, Philadelphia, Oakland, Miami, Baltimore, Philly, Pittsburgh, and talk about the same type of institutions in our neighborhood, San Juan, Puerto Rico. The reason we can talk, Chile, Santiago, Chile, the reason we can talk with certainty of what's in the hood is because of the belief how the people that run those institutions see us a certain way. And so they implement those institutions based on how they see us. And we believe that the key is, is, is not easy, but it ain't complicated. Mm -hmm. Ain't nobody going to love us like us. So school systems. Now, I'm, I'm a supporter of independent schools, a okay. deep supporter of it. Okay. But I also believe, like Marcus Garvey said, that you have to be where your people are. So if millions of our children are in the public school system, then damn it, we have to be in those schools and we have to make sure we have community control of those schools. We cannot trust a system that is fed on us like carnivorous wolves for centuries to somehow transform and say they're going to treat us right. We have to have checks and balances at every stage and we have to develop the type of society where in the hood we are politicized. In the hood. I hope, you, I hope yeah. you're getting all this. All right, I'm here with Bad Bad, G2 Brown, Baddest man in the whole damn town. Not bad meaning bad, but bad, but bad meaning good. Thank you for listening to the No Justice No Peace podcast 
with Racial Justice Now director H.A. Jabbar. We want to thank G2 Brown and the Journey for Justice Alliance for the interview. We also want to share the contact information where you can contact J4J and learn more about the work that they're doing and can also get involved. The Journey for Justice Alliance can be found online at J, the number four, J, A L L I A N C E dot com. That's the J, four J Alliance dot com. You can also contact Racial Justice Now at rjnohio.org, rjndmv.org. You can also tune in to our next episode where we'll be featuring a group out of Baltimore, Leaders of a Beautiful Struggle. These brilliant brothers from Leaders of a Beautiful Struggle will be talking about the work that they do in Maryland and also a new thing that's sweeping the country called a behavioral threat assessment. You don't want to miss that episode. Thank you for listening. Wishing you peace and blessings. I'm a yelling with my fist up in the air. I love my dark skin and my nappy hair. Crooked politicians see them everywhere. Bump 45, we know that he don't care. To the system, cause y'all never treat us equal. Dirty cops, why y'all killing all my people? All the lies in the history they teach you. A black mind is a weapon and it's lethal. If you don't like it, cause this is a revolution. I can take a knee, it's in the Constitution. Mount Rushmore was sculpted by the Klan. With my fist up, I'm screaming, bump the man. I want my freedom, my justice, my future filled with substance. Want my freedom, my justice, my future filled with substance. Bump you, bump you, bump him and her too. Bump you, bump you, bump him and her too. I want my freedom, my justice, my future filled with substance. Want my freedom, my justice, my future filled with substance. Bump you, bump you, bump him and her too.